And it's day five. No. <laughs> day five of 13 Days of Halloween. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, it's been a lot of work. I'm very tired. But today I'm here with my friend Faith, and we're going to be talking about uh, haunted Broadway theaters. So I hope you enjoy. Keep listening every day up until Halloween. Let's do it. Welcome to Spooky Show. We're um, in 13 Days of Halloween right now. I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here today with my friend, Faith. Hi. Um, she's my long, long, long time friend. <laughs> um, my freshman year friend, so it's been like, what, eight years? Yeah, seven or eight. Ah, That's crazy. That is so weird. We were literally children, like running around to bars that we or not bars like frat parties we shouldn't be at <laughs> yeah well those uh, were the days <laughs> those were the days um we're gonna do something really fun today i found this article on playbill.com called broadway's nine haunted theaters and faith is an actress so we thought it'd be fun to do this one hell yeah um oh can i curse Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> All right. Good yeah, we can curse. I tried to do that whole let me not, and it just doesn't work, so. Okay. I gave up. Um, so this article that I found is by Robert Viagas, I think, Viagas, and I just want to put that out there because I'm going to be referencing it, like, the entire time. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, and I didn't know this, Playbill has been tracking reports of ghost sightings at Broadway theaters for most of the past decade. Um, I don't know why this decade, all of a sudden, the ghosts are, like, popping off in the theaters. (laughs) It's time. They're (laughs) sensing it. Doom is coming. Doom is coming. It's time. Um, and there are, so there are certain theaters specifically, like the New Amsterdam and the Belasco Theater, that almost always produce ghost stories. Um, and, you know, there are others that don't, like Schubert and Beaumont. You're probably going to need to help me with these pronunciations, honestly. <laughs> Sounds right so far. Okay. <laughs> and it's like, okay, so why some theaters and not the others? Well, I mean, I guess it's true that, like, not every house is haunted. So, you know, some theaters are haunted. It's true. I feel like theater ghosts are super common because theaters are, like, sacred spaces. Yeah. Especially for the artsy peoples. Especially those artsy peoples be dramatic. They're like, we gotta come, like, I'm not done here. (laughs) Yeah. I'm hanging around. I'm gonna call some more mayhem. That'll be me when I die. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) But in, like, the best way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I looked this up because... In this article, they mentioned nine theaters, and I was like, that's kind of a lot, but there are 41 Broadway theaters total, so I guess it's not really that much. That's more than I thought. I know, me too, because all these theaters mentioned also are ones that I've been to, so in my mind, I was like, dang, that's all of them, but it's not. Yeah, <laughs> it's the big name ones. Yeah. Um, so first, we're going to start with the New Amsterdam Theater. Um in 1915, Olive Thomas was a chorus girl. In 1950, Ziegfeld Follies on the New mm-hmm. Amsterdam main stage 
as well as Zigfield's Midnight Frolics, which is on the roof of, like, the same building. So she went to Hollywood after that, I think, and she made, like, a bunch of films and married Jack Pickford, who's Mary Pickford's brother. Um, And on a trip to Paris in 1920, Jack revealed that uh, Jack had contracted syphilis, and it's likely she had it as well. Yikes. (laughs) Yikes. Tough tough news to swallow. Literally. Uh, literally. Well, funny you mention that, because um, what happened next is very bizarre. Apparently... Olive accidentally swallowed an overdose of Jack's medicine, mercury bichloride, which is, like, poisonous in large quantities. So I don't know how you accidentally swallow a bunch of pills. Was that syphilis medicine or just, like, not related medicine? I think it's syphilis medicine. (laughs) Oh, wow. Poetic. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, don't know how you accidentally swallow a bunch of pills. Yeah, accident my foot, like... I mean, I don't know if she, like, committed suicide or if, like, Jack was up to something. I feel like she committed suicide. That's the vibe I get. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. I think a lot of people believe that. Yeah. Um, so she died two days later, and her body was brought back to Woodlawn Cemetery in the Bronx. Um, but then... Odd things started happening at this theater she used to work at. Workers at New Amsterdam began telling friends that they had run into her backstage and stuff, but she was obviously dead. And she appeared as a ghost, like, periodically through the 1920s. But then it kind of became quiet during decades when 42nd Street went into decline and the theater was underused. Um, But reports began picking back up again when... The Disney Corporation bought the theater in the mid-1990s and began restoring it. Um, she was like, I know Disney's not about to come here. <laughs> she was like, not on my watch. Time to make some noise again. <laughs> so, the yeah, I mean, the construction workers began reporting that their, like, off-limits work area was being invaded by a woman carrying a blue bottle. I think that was, like, the color of the pill bottle. Yeah, she is dramatic. And the reports continue after the theater reopened with King David and the Lion King in 1997, and they, like, are still happening. Um, It's interesting because she didn't die there? Yeah, she was in Hollywood. close. Right. Yeah, but, you know, I guess maybe that was, like, the highlight of her life. You know what I mean? Like, she was in that show and like so that's where like she decided to like but it's just I don't know how it works I mean I, no one knows how it works, no one like, how it works. <laughs> you'd think her spirit would be like somewhere else yeah I mean maybe also because ghosts are like I have unfinished business so maybe she felt like she like wasn't done there it's true that's fair mm-hmm. she's probably like I was meant for so much Broadway stardom yeah like I wasn't ready to leave the theater yeah, who is? <laughs> so Dana Amendola, who used to work at New Amsterdam Theater and wrote the book A Day at the New Amsterdam Theater, <laughs> um, said he was touring the old New Amsterdam Roof Theater in the mid-2000s when it was being converted into office space. And as he passed below the stage, he heard the sound of tap dancing on the boards above him. And when he like went to go see what it was, no one was there. And he was, like, a skeptic of ghosts, but he is now, like, a firm believer, and, like, it's said in this article, he has become the keeper of the Olive Thomas flame. Like, he is 
basically like her human like guardian. No. <laughs> He, like, always clocks the reports of her appearances, and in the early Disney era, Amendola said a night watchman at the theater resigned on the spot after reportedly witnessing a woman cross the stage and disappear through a solid wall. That's fair. That might make me resign on the spot, but she seems like a chill ghost. Yeah, she doesn't seem like she's doing, like, hurting anybody. Yeah, she just wants to hang. Hang with the theater peeps. Who can blame her? Oh, here comes all the Disney. So during previews of Aladdin, Amendola said a female replacement conductor who would work on Mary Poppins knew about Olive and was getting ready in a dressing room. And uh, reading from an email from the conductor, Amendola said she spoke out loud to Olive and said, quote, well, Olive, I'm back again and I'm a little nervous. I just wanted to introduce myself again and ask if you could please give me some good luck. So like... The, the conductor asked this to Olive because she, like, knew about it and wanted the ghost to be there for her, I guess. And then apparently the, uh, the four round dressing room bulbs flickered on and off for a few seconds and stopped. And they were brand new. So people thought this was Olive saying, like, you got this, girly. I hope so. I, I love that for her, but at the same time, how to interpret flashing lights, like flickering light bulbs? What if she's like, no, fuck you guys? <laughs> <laughs> she's like, yeah, she's like, literally, maybe she's like telling people to leave the theater. The conductor was like, oh, it's a little like feminist, you know, like, good luck. She approves. And she's like, hey. get out. <laughs> Oh no, I'm sure with that because she probably is. She's probably better towards men. I feel. Um. Yeah, her husband gave her <laughs> I would syphilis. Be <laughs> yeah. So other reports of Olive appearances described uh, as a young woman wearing a sash and carrying a bottle of pills. And this, like, Olive would sometimes speak. Um, and people in various uh, eras who didn't know one another would like imitate her voice like exactly the same way, as like you know. They didn't, yeah. they both heard her at different times and they knew exactly how she sounded. That's amazing. I did not know. She's just like talking. She's like having a ball. Yeah. Like no holds barred, like appearing in like all her glory and just chatting to people. Yeah. So she often appears in a tr the trap beneath what was once the stage of the New Amsterdam Roof Theater in the space where Amandola heard that tap dancing noise. And the space is now used for storage when employees report seeing a woman there or sometimes a disembodied part of feet climbing a staircase, which is absolutely terrifying. That really is. Um, so it's said she may have made another appearance in the middle of a crowded New Amsterdam orchestra section, so shortly after the opening of Aladdin in 2014, an audience member went up to one of the ushers during the performance and asked if she could have a booster seat for her child, and the ushers wanted to wait till intermission to give it to her because they didn't want to interrupt the show, and when they did, she already had one, and she said that the lady at the back of the theater gave her this booster seat, but there was, like, no woman back there, and none of the staff did it, apparently. So, mm. Olive is also just, like, helping out. Yeah. She's <laughs> taking a shift. <laughs> She's like, I'm the house manager now. 
here's my equity card. <laughs> so Amandola said that Olive is unpredictable and doesn't perform on cue. Um, he said, quote, she doesn't appear on Halloween, for instance. When people try to find her, they can't. She tends to appear just at the moment we forget about her, when we're busy putting in a new show or putting a new office in, when, when there are changes happening. Interesting. She's because yeah, she seems like kind of a ham. Like she has no problems about appearing to many people. Mm. Hmm. So nearly a century after her death, Olive Thomas is one of the best known of all the Siegfried girls. The subject of films and books, and at least a half dozen websites. Um, Amandola said that they get asked about Olive all the time. Uh, but many of Olive's craziest fans have tried concealing themselves in the corner of the theater, hoping to stay after it is closed so they can, like, maybe see her. Amandola said his staff now does a special sweep of the theater each night to, like, catch these people and throw them out. Oh my gosh. I know. It's wild. Hmm. So that's, that's it for New Amsterdam Theater, which, to me, I will just say right now, I think is the most haunted one out of all of these. Yeah, this one and what's his face, the old priesty looking guy. This this that is we're gonna hear about soon. The next one. But actually. that was a lot. Like that's a lot of people saying they see the same ghost, especially because she's so like distinct. Like she's like wearing her like fancy stuff and like holding a the blue bottle. Like that's like there. It seems very cliche, which is what theater people can be. So I have no doubts, but. <laughs> It's really interesting. She's, like, such a character. Yeah, and the fact, like you said, that so many people saw her, like, I I fully I fully believe that she's Rome in that theater. I know. Next time, Broadway, when Broadway opens, I'm going to hide out and see if they catch me. No, I'm not. <laughs> that would be terrifying. <laughs> it's honestly my worst nightmare. I do want to go, though. Yeah, you got to pretend like you don't care, and that's when she's going to appear. Exactly. You're like... Olive who? Never heard of her. <laughs> and then she's I, like, bitch, what'd you say? I don't know the story, or, or I'm like, damn, I really need a booster seat. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I always think about, like, with theaters closed, what are the ghosts doing in there? Do you think they're like, what's happening? What has happened? Where are the people? Like, they must be so bored. Yeah, I wonder how Olive's doing right now. Yeah. Oh. Maybe we've said her name too much. She's gonna like pop up and <laughs> <laughs> finally some company. You rang. <laughs> yeah. So next we have the Belasco Theater, um, which is haunted, said to be haunted by its owner David Belasco, once known as the Bishop of Broadway. He was a part of the 19th century tradition of theater, uh, owners, producers, playwrights, and he built the theater in 1907. He loved the theater a lot, apparently. He spent, like, all his time there. He even, like, slept there. <laughs> and, uh, so, in the article, it was like, so it makes sense that he is now there in his death, too. He made his home in an apartment above the theater on West 44th Street. He loved it that much. So, apparently, he's one of the most alive-looking theater ghosts, uh, he appears much as he, like, looked like he did in real life. Um, Which is in the priest thing. Yeah, he's in, like... And he's not a priest. Yeah, he's, like, looks to be dressed as a priest. That's why he's called the Bishop of Broadway. But he's not a priest. 
Yeah. Once known as the Bishop of Broadway for his oddball habit of wearing a priestly cassock. That's so weird. Yeah. Why? <laughs> that is weird. Yeah. And then makes it that much creepier too. I know. And also it's it's Big like you said gifts. with Olive, it makes him like a character, like very distinct. Yeah. Yeah, like you you know if you saw him, because <laughs> who else could it be? So after his death in 1931, he began to, like, come out and play. <laughs> um, actors stepping out on stage would suddenly notice a lone dark figure sitting in the balcony watching them. Uh, and he would talk, too. He would walk right up to actors and shake their hands, telling them that they'd done a fine job at their performance. Um, more than <laughs> one actor actually filed complaints with the house manager that an old man dressed up like a priest had pinched their butts. This is the wildest <laughs> part. Like, not only are you going to be a ghost and a ghost dressed like a priest, but you're going to go around pinching people's butts. Like, <laughs> I like wonder. A sexual harassment ghost. I know. And it, I wonder if, like, that was a thing when he was alive. Like, was he just, like, a terrible dude who, like, assaulted people? <laughs> yeah, God knows. Mm. Yeah, but that's another level. Like, that's really another level of the uh, encounters of the... I was going to say third kind, but I guess third kinds are aliens. No, it's fourth right? kind. So what's third kind? I guess third kind can... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either. <laughs> what's the second kind? What's the first kind? All right. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> let's throw this conversation. What kinds are there? <laughs> I don't know. Um, so, like, the newbies at the theaters were often very scared, and uh, veteran actors look forward to, like, seeing him. They think he's a good omen. Apparently, Belasco isn't the only one who haunts this theater, though. There's a spirit known as the Blue Lady who appears as an icy, cold blue mist, and she's seen on, like, theater stairways and dressing rooms. The, there are reports of the sound of crazy parties being held in the Belasco apartment, complete with the sound of feet dancing in like the 1920s era music style um and when workers would go up to see like who's up there no one would be up there uh, melissa erica who played mina in the dracula in dracula the musical reported that belasco does indeed haunt the theater and she said quote my dresser kathy saw him walk into a mirror the other day she thinks he lives in the mirror in the wall outside my dressing room. One night, I forgot my coat, and I had turned out the lights in my room. I turned back to get my coat in the dark, and someone, probably David, turned the small, pretty table light on for me to see my way. It was spooky. As I opened the door to leave, as I was walking out, someone closed the door behind me. I didn't touch it, but watched it move. See, he's like a helpful ghost. All these ones seem to be helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because, yeah, they, they love the theater. He's like, let's help our leading lady find her way in the dark. Oh, wait, I love this part. So apparently the cast of Dracula celebrated Velasco's 150th birthday that year with cake, and they sang happy birthday to him. See, that's how you do it. No one, no ghost, well, I'd say no ghost, but, like, no ghost should fuck with you if you're gonna be, like, the way these people are, like, singing to him, just, like, saying hey, you know what I mean? Like Right, like, be friendly. That's the right attitude. I agree.
So during the run of Passing Strange 2008, Daniel Breaker told Playbill in an interview that one evening he was putting on his makeup in his dressing room mirror when he saw an old man with white hair sitting behind him, silently watching him. Um, when Breaker turned around to see like who it was, he resembled nobody working on the show and just disappeared. So Breaker reported this to the house manager and said, "You just." And the house manager said, "You just saw David Belasco." <laughs> so <I> casual. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's this. The, that's the creepy part. I wish he wouldn't just like silent. It's almost better when he's just like chatting to people. Like, right? If like, you're good job. Watching me in the mirror, like from the balcony, that's gonna be a little alarming. <laughs> Yeah, let me read this quote to Dominic Brewer, who appeared in Twelfth Night, and Richard III wrote, quote, We've got spotted, oh, we've not spotted Mr. Belasco or any of the theater's reported spooks to date, but with the white makeup several of the cast wear for Twelfth Night, along with the eerie gliding of the female characters, you'd be forgiven for thinking you'd spotted a ghost backstage. However, we have had strange, um, a strange happening on stage. One evening, the candles on one of our six hanging candelabras candelabras candelabra candelabra <laughs> candelabra i know it's spelled like literally spelled like candelabras it, it is spelled like candelabras weird word it completely burnt down probably twice as quickly as all the others without any draft or obvious external influence or something so weird um so, current Belasco house manager Stephanie Wall said that Belasco has been comparatively, comparatively quiet in the years since the 2010 renovation. Um, to tease him out, the creators of Hedwig and the Angry Inch actually wrote Belasco into the script. Each night, Neil Patrick Harris and his successors asked if anyone in Boxby had seen the ghost, but there were no takers. I love that they wrote him in. I know, that's really funny. Yeah. It's like singing happy birthday. Yeah. But I wonder if he's a little shy. I don't think, well, he doesn't seem like, he wasn't an actor ghost. He's not an actor, right? He was like a producer or something. Yeah, like producer, playwright, director. Yeah. So the stage is not for him. That's why he's always watching. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, After that, we got the Richard Rogers Theater. So during the run of In the Heights, Louis Salgado claimed to have seen the ghost of a small child just off stage during the show. I think the rest of these, actually just putting this in there, don't really have like a story behind it. It's just people seeing things. Yeah, they're all like kind of random, yeah. random little it, little bits. Um, in 2010, Blanca Camacho wrote, quote, there are reappearing red lipstick smudges in the ladies' room. They get painted and wiped, but inevitably return. Stall doors open by themselves. Dressing rooms have strange sounds, and things spontaneously fall off the shelves in one of them. After hours brings bizarre howling sounds. Chandeliers moving. Ooh. The sound of people walking. <laughs> Jimmy, our doorman, armed himself with a baseball bat one such evening. Guess he was going to take a few of them with him. Then three different people told me about their redheads. Uh, Ralph Caesar and Boxby about 2 a.m. Beverly saw him in mezzanine row H. And uh, I don't know. Basically, people are just seeing uh, some, like, there's a lot of red themes happening here. Um, Another cast member has felt the presence of his mom, an actress, and also at times a redhead. And... uh, 
I don't know. It says our beautiful red theater must be a beacon for them. So just a lot of strange happenings at this one. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the theater is now home to Hamilton, which has several scenes of ghostly characters speaking from beyond the grave, which is interesting. It's true. True. Okay, then we have the Eugene O'Neill Theater, which I saw Book of Mormon at. Oh, <gasps> you did. Mm-hmm. Lucky girl. I love that show. So, some cast members in Sweeney Todd in 2006 reported... Uh, quote, we believe there are at least two ghosts at Eugene O'Neill, one male and one female. During previews, things would randomly fall from the upstage prop shelf, sometimes dangerous things like gardening shears when no one was remotely near it. Actors' hair gets tugged every once in a while, and they have heard their characters' names whispered in their ears on stage. Ooh. I don't like that. That would really throw you off. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, don't touch me and maybe we'll be fine. Like, don't pull my hair. Like, jeez. Whisper my name. Like, what are you trying to do? Yeah, they, they those ones seem a little less nice yeah. than Olive and David Belasco. <laughs> I know. I like them. Yeah. Um, they also said there's, like, a strong smell of lilac sometimes. Um, people would, like, misplace things. Uh some dressing room doors would open and close on their own. So, um, oh, this quote from Marilyn Ford said, quote, I set up the cot to take a nap between rehearsal and a show and asked out loud for a wake-up call. Sure enough, at 6.30, I was awakened by a slap on the bottom of my shoes that almost sent my head crashing up into the bottom of the counter that I'd placed my cot under. And no one was in the room but me. Yeah, these ghosts are mean. Yeah, they're a little testy. They're a little testy. The rest of these are also just, like, quotes people have said. So, I'm just gonna be quoting a bunch, but... The Stephen Sondheim Theater. Um, one actor who played Neil in Beautiful, the Carol King musical, wrote in the spring of 2014 that he, quote, had stayed late one night at the theater, walked up to the stage door and realized that he had forgotten something in his dressing room, Notice the old Henry Miller sign which hangs over the security desk at the stage door. And as he returned to the elevator to go back downstairs, he murmured under his breath, Wow, I wonder what Henry Miller thinks of this sign being regulated to the stage door. And the elevator bounced, and he got stuck in it. He screamed for about five minutes, and finally, the head of security came to his rescue and pried the doors open. He said, I've never said Henry Miller's name in this theater again. Yeah, like, okay, that one, one, terrifying. Mm -hmm. Never want to get stuck on an elevator, knock on wood. Could be a coincidence, though. That's what I was thinking. Could be a coincidence. That's what I was thinking. Also, I'm less inclined to believe just, like, one story from one guy at the theater, uh, as opposed to, like, all those bunch of accounts we were hearing before. Yeah. With Olive. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the the Gershwin Theater, too, which is wicked. Apparently, well, it's said that this is, like, one of the newest theaters that, like, has um, ghost stuff in it. It's It was built in 1971, so it's fairly newer than the other ones. But there is paranormal activity there, apparently. Um, during the run of the witch-ridden musical Wicked, mm. 
One of the actors wrote that, according to sources in the know about these things, we have three gr- three ghosts. Drew is the only one we know by name. The other two ghosts, who are regularly seen, haven't been named, but one dresses in a 19th century blue suit and the other wears a white t-shirt. Ooh, white t-shirt. Modern ghost, maybe. <laughs> Modern ghost. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> the other wears white t-shirt and a pair of bands. <laughs> it's one of the newer theaters, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and a pair of vans. <laughs> so there's also another report. Uh, Jonathan Warren reported that, quote, Nathan Peck, don't know who that is, probably an actor, got tapped on the shoulder before his front of house monkey fight one evening. When he turned around, no one was standing near him. Later, when he told people about it, another actor mentioned that he had the same experience throughout the years in the same location. It is rumored and believed to be the ghost at the at Gershwin. Maybe those ghosts are just like very selective about who they bother. Which, like, why? I don't know. They're like stalking their prey. Like, this is the man I'm gonna tap on the shoulder <laughs> once. And then there was like another report where like they saw uh, actors saw a swing performer watching the show, and then that person just like disappeared behind the curtain. And the person they thought they saw was actually just standing a few feet away from them on stage, so they didn't know what it was. This also just seems like weird instances that I don't know if they actually are ghosts. Yeah, it's true. It might be, like, just more of, like, an energy situation where they're ghosts, but less the kind of ghosts that, like, are personified. Right. Yeah. Like, what they were talking about with the candle burning, like, that's completely believable to me, like. Yeah. I feel like that kind of disturbance in spirit activity is much more common than we even know, because it's, like, much different from having an experience where someone, like, comes up and shakes your hand and tells you you did a great job. And stuff like that we, like, always kind of explain away. You know, we're like, oh, it must have been this or that or this, and, you know, we never really say it has to be a ghost. Yeah. Um, so the Imperial Theater also, it's believed to be haunted. Apparently the young ballerinas of Billy Elliot were convinced that the theater's girls' dressing room was haunted by a spirit that they named Fred. Um, one, of, <laughs> one of them reported seeing a bathroom door open and closed by itself. That's the only one we have for that one. <laughs> yeah. I believe it if it comes from little kids, too. Like... Little kids can see ghosts way more often. That's true. Little kids, like, know what's up. Yeah, they really do. They kind of freak me out in that way, not gonna lie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Creepy little omniscient beings. I know. I think, this is how you say the Lyceum Theater? Yeah. Um, During the 2010 run of the Scottsboro Boys, one of Coleman Domingo said... Quote, the Friday of our last weekend, things were happening backstage and on stage with the lights and the computer equipment. We definitely felt we were in the presence of some ghosts. That's also it. Like, these are just, <laughs> these are getting like. Yeah, like, that's your statement. We, we just felt like we were in the presence of a ghost. <laughs> and like, all of you together. I believe feelings, but also like, think, he just described it as things were happening backstage and on stage with the lights and the computer equipment. Like, I mean. That stuff happens. Yeah, it's true. It really does. The theater that I work at in Delaware, 
Mm-hmm. Um, the Everett Theater is the theater that it's, gosh, very old. It opened in 1922. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's real old. It's historic, and they filmed the Dead Poet Society there. The scene where um, What's-His-Face is in, I don't know if it's Twelve Night or Midsummer's or what it, I don't remember. I don't remember what it is either, but I see that I see it in my head. Yeah, it's the night that he, spoiler alert, kills himself yes. <laughs> afterwards. So yes. that's like our claim to fame. But there's like three different ghosts, allegedly. Um, and it's actually really sad. One of them is a little girl and she fell off the balcony because we have two tiered seating. So she fell off the balcony apparently and died. Um, Wait, that actually then- happened? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah, and I've never, I've never seen, I've never seen any ghosts, but people have said they've seen ghosts, but I don't think like most of the time, people say they've seen the second one, who's a guy who often watches from the balcony, which it's an old theater, so like it's already extremely creepy. Yeah. Like you can't even like see the way back to the balcony if you're on stage, stuff like that. Um, and he apparently I don't remember specifically what it was but I think it was like he was coming to see his wife in a show or something and either she died and I don't remember how or on the way he died in a car accident or something so he like never made it to see her so now he's there and a a lot of people have seen him and so every time I hear something, which is, like, so much, like, so very often, like, doors closing when it's, like, just me and one other person in the theater and that one other person's, like, right next to me. There's, like, doors slamming upstairs in the balcony and stuff, which is always in the balcony. But, like, um, one of the guys that works at the theater, because we have, like, kind of a large building connected to, like, the building next door. So the building next door is where, like, the green room is. And there's like the TV um, that's connected to the camera that films the stage so that when people are sitting in the green room, they can see when they need to, where we are in the show and when they need to do things. And he said it was just him in the theater. And he had been like moving back and forth, just like taking care of stuff from the theater to the building next door where the green room is. And he was in the green room and he looked at the TV and there was a man just like pacing on the stage, like just a, fully manifested like grown adult man just pacing and of course he i wouldn't do this but he like ran into the theater to see if there was actually someone there and there was no one there oh my god and people have also said especially someone said like during a thunderstorm they saw him standing in the balcony like watching rehearsal and wow i'm sad you haven't seen anything i'm not (laughs) I'm there by myself in the dark all the time. It feels like when stuff starts to happen, it's always after everyone's gone. Like, they're, like, stage... They're, like, not stage fright, but they're, like, shy. They don't want to, like, do stuff in front of too many people. So when there's only a few people, that's when they're, like, okay, cool, time to play. But I've definitely come in and, like, started to get stuff set up, and there's been, like, speakers that were like I, I I was like walking around like turning stuff on plugging stuff in there's a speaker in the other room that I could hear from far away like clicking you know like the 
just like the way the speaker speakers click, like especially if you like have your phone near it and it makes the like do 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 Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like clicking kind of like that. And when I walked in to look at it, it was unplugged and the lights, the light was on. The speaker light was on. Oh my God. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh my God. That's creepy. I know. And I'm just, and I really try to talk to them all the time. I am always like, it's just me. I'll be here 20 more minutes. And then I'm going to lock up and I'm going to go home. So just hold on for 20 more minutes. I will leave you in peace. We're just going to chill. Nothing needs to happen right now. Just give me a few minutes, please. Honestly, in my opinion, too, when I was looking, like reading this, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if like every theater song did. They are kind of creepy, especially when they're like empty and they are yeah. all mostly like really old. So I feel like you know it's it's not that wild that allegedly nine of these theaters are haunted plus yours like they're creepy yeah they are especially because like there's no natural light in theaters Mm -hmm. on purpose so it's like just always dark all the time and so many like nooks and crannies where it's just like pitch black yeah yeah i don't think i'd hang out one by myself yeah (laughs) and like i said it's like a place where like in a cheesy hippy dippy way like multiple lives are lived yes through like people pretending to be other people and like acting on stage and stuff so it's it's almost like it like lends itself to that kind of experience like yeah and it's like i said before too like (laughs) it's it's artsy dramatic people who are like coming back Yeah, yeah for real yeah, I would want to, if I was a ghost, I'd probably want to be in a theater because, like, it would never get boring because mm-hmm. things are always changing, new stuff's always coming in, you always get to see stuff, like, yeah. ideal situation for yeah. the ended. It's also just, like, a place that, like, I don't know, so much, like, like you said, multiple lives are lived and a lot of history gets made and, you know, it's where a lot of, like, things, like you said, things change. <laughs> Yeah, I always wish, since Robin Williams was in our theater during Dead Poets Society, I always wish that he would, like, come make a visit. <laughs> but we're not that special, but still, he's been there. So part of me is like, just... Come on, Robin Williams. Come on. Yeah. Um, there's one more on this list called The Palace Theater. Um, apparently, this one has more ghosts than any other Broadway house. Among them is a mysterious figure who passes open doorways late at night, a child ghost who plays peekaboo in the in the mezzanine, a musician dressed in white who appears in the orchestra pit, and a tightrope walker whose appearance is said to foretell the viewer's death. That's so scary. That is terrifying. Yeah, that's the scariest one of them all. Um, apparently they've been kind of quiet in recent years. Um, reports of their activities kind of dropped off, but... It, Apparently, during the run of 2011 Annie revival, actor Ryan Vandenboom claimed that when alone in a dressing room one night, he thought he heard the voice. He heard a voice called Judy, which is now now the queen of the palace's celebrity uh, revenants is said to be the great Judy Garland herself. Um, but we don't know why or what that's about. <laughs> Interesting, and that's. 
that's the all the Broadway hauntings. But fun fact, Judy Garland, my great grandfather toured with her. He was a famous accordion player. Oh my god! Yeah, isn't that interesting? That's so cool. We like found his old notebook and it said it had his tour date like with Judy Garland. I was like, whoa! Aww, it's amazing. Have you ever seen a ghost, Kate? I know. I have not. Oh man! I know. We gotta get you some ghost hunting experience. <laughs> I need to see a dang ghost. No, I don't have any. So, like, when people ask me if I have any ghost stories, I usually tell my cousins, which um, dropped. Well, yes, I listened yeah. to the majority of that episode. Yeah. Yeah. So day one of thirteen days of Halloween, my cousin tells a ghost story. Um, that's the one I usually tell, which we still don't even know what that was. So that was a really good story. Yeah, um, but no, besides that, I haven't. I uh, I don't know if it's because I, like, really want to, so they're like, oh, she won't be fun to play with, but... Yeah. I've had a few paranormal experiences when I lived in Italy, which is not surprising because all the buildings are, like, super old there. Yeah. Um, like, uh, there was one apartment I lived in where... And this is so difficult for me because I'm, like they always happen sometime around sleep like and I'm a like sleepwalker sleep talker all that stuff so it's like hard to know I'm just very active in my sleep but I swear every night when I lived in this apartment this really old apartment probably also built like it probably like at least a hundred years old like most of the buildings are like in america it'd be a museum but it was just my apartment yeah <laughs> but every t- every night at like the same time i would wake up and i would see just like a light like like a this sounds so cliche just like a glowing orb mm-hmm. <laughs> situation just like coming towards me and then it went into my bed and my bed shook a little and that was it. And it happened multiple times. And you were and just I, like, okay, like how did you not like run away? Like what? Just like your cousin was saying, most of the time I felt really calm. Like I knew, like I was like looking at the light and just like knew like it wasn't going to hurt me and that everything was fine. Wow. But multiple times when I woke up during that, or sometimes I'd wake up just to the shaking and, like, there's lots of explanations. It could have been, like, the door slam, but it really wasn't. It was, like, really, like, a steady shaking. And there are many times that I would be, like, okay, you're awake. You're totally awake. This is happening. It's shaking. Like, I was, like, really trying to be, like, very conscious of it. Do you and know? I have no answers about that, but. Do you know what time it was? Was it, like, the witching hour? It was three something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, when well. they're the most active. And my boyfriend at the time used to spend the night at my house all, my apartment all the time and it never happened when he was there which really made me feel like I was bonkers right <laughs> oh my gosh but it was like really like an old medieval building like yeah it's gotta and be I, haunted I think that the owners the the grandmother had died in the apartment so part of me was like maybe it's her I don't know Oh my Maybe that's in her room. <laughs> she was like, get out of my bed. <laughs> She's like, I want my bed back. Like shaking yeah. you out of it. Yeah, really. I mean, like, I mean, I know you said it was cliche, but like that is what they're mostly reported as looking like orbs. That's usually what they are, right? Yeah. 
I mean, in pictures and stuff, people are like, see that orb? That's a ghost. Yeah, there was a time also when I took a, I took a picture of an orb after having a weird experience. And probably if I didn't take the picture of the orb, I wouldn't have like, not connected it, but it like proved it to me because I had a really weird dream. Mm -hmm. And then I was like freaking out in my sleep. I was staying in this old Italian house in the Italian countryside, like really, really old and quaint, like so old that to heat the house, they used like, <laughs> what was it? Hazelnut shells? What? They like, yeah, they like powered the house with hazelnut shells. Was that, is that it? It was some sort of nut. Yeah. That's old as heck. Yeah, really, really like, and it was like an old Italian couple's house who still lived there and everything, but they like let us stay there because we were doing a residency at like the local theater in town, basically. And I had like a really disturbing dream. I had a roommate staying with me in the room and I, the dream was like about a girl with black hair. So part of me is like, did my brain, my brain, I'm very imaginative. Like my brain mm -hmm. definitely could have just taken on a run with it. But she had like black hair and I woke up and thought that I saw, thought that I saw, who knows, all the walls covered in blood. And I woke up and said to the girl who was staying with me, the walls are covered in blood. The walls are covered in blood. <laughs> she was like, what? And then I was like, okay, it was probably just a, a bad dream. But the, the thing was, it just stuck with me like all day the next day. I felt like super weird about it and still like I even though I saw walls covered in blood I wasn't scared which is unlike me because I'm a baby <laughs> like and still I was like it's chill walls covered in blood and then I took a Polaroid um of the girl I was staying with in the room like looking at the book books on the bookshelf in the room and there was a huge orb just like floating right above her head oh my yeah yeah that was haunted. I You saw bloody walls. I fully believe it. Thank you. Because also there was another, there was a girl who had also stayed there the previous year who went to my school and they stayed in the same place when they did the residency that I did. And I was like, hey, did you have any weird experiences when you stayed there? And she was like, yeah, I sleepwalked all over the house. Just like couldn't sleep, kept waking up to me just walking around the house. And was she like not a sleepwalker? No. Oh my god. She was like, and it was super weird. I just could, was not like, she's kind of a hippie dippy person as well. So she was like, I was not at peace in that house. It was just like super weird. I, I just felt like something was weird. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I talk about this in that episode with my cousin too, where I'm like, sometimes I feel like it they like make themselves known through like energy and feeling so the fact that like that you know maybe it was a dream maybe it wasn't the fact that that like stuck with you is just like like it still means something and maybe it was still just its way of like communicating in a really messed up way yeah 100 percent. i believe it oh my god you have some wild stories it's just because everything like everything in italy is so old that like how could it not be haunted so like i like i consider myself a pretty open person to those things like it doesn't shock me that like i feel like if something was there it would it would come get me because i'm like i know you're there <laughs> yeah and also you're like very intuitive and so i think um 
when you have that feeling it's like probably right you know yeah. like you usually your gut's usually right hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah thank you so much for coming on Faith yeah you're welcome and a blast yeah um faith will probably be back in the meantime you can share um if you want to share your twitter or instagram where people can find you um yeah my instagram is at faith sully sully with an i not a y and my twitter handle is at the f sullivan show show without a w like the ed sullivan show except f i remember when you when you did that Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was so clever. I don't think anyone gets it, but it's fine. It gives me joy. I like remember vividly when you changed it to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, keep listening to 13 Days of Halloween. It's a blast. I think this is day eight. I think that's what I have you on. But I could be wrong about that, so don't come for me. Um, you guys know where to find me. Spooky Show Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Or Bubbling Queen, whichever works. Um, thanks for listening. Bye.